If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast, brought to you by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. Today, I would like to address the topic of phobias. And if you listen to the news or, frankly, read very much on social phobia, on social phobia, how about on social media, (laughs) Facebook and the other different social media sources, you will see the term phobia tossed around a lot. And typically, it's attached to some sort of an issue of either societal, cultural, or political nature. Something phobia. And it's usually done in an attack between one group and another. And frankly, that's wrong. That's the wrong use of phobia. There's a lot of other misuses of different medical and mental health terms that, um, you know, have have gone by the wayside and some need to go by the wayside. And frankly, this is one of those as well. So I thought I'd take just a few minutes and talk about what actually is a phobia. Because it's not what most people see it as, which is a disagreement between people or groups, and it's used as a slam. So don't do that. And let me tell you what phobias are. According to the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Mental Disorders, in other words, the big book of mental disorders, and this is the most recent, fifth edition, there are three types of phobias. That's it. There's specific phobia, social phobia, and agoraphobia. Now, what most people that use the the term loosely, they're implying a type of specific phobia. So, let me touch base on what specific phobia actually is. And I'm going to read directly from the DSM. Criteria A, first one, it's a marked fear or anxiety about a specific object or situation such as flying, heights, animals, receiving an injection, seeing blood. Okay, so basically, we're talking about a marked, which means remarkable, fear or anxiety about this specific object or situation. Now, criteria B, the phobic object or situation almost always provokes immediate fear or anxiety. So it's something that comes on very suddenly, again, with fear and anxiety. C. The phobic object or situation is actively avoided or it's endured with intense fear or anxiety. So you're talking about something that when they encounter it or if they have to endure it, you know, they're having this fear. So a lot of times, They try to avoid it, such as avoiding high places, avoiding water, avoiding places where there could be spiders. 
Letter D, criteria D, the fear or anxiety is out of proportion to the actual danger posed by the specific object or situation and to the social cultural context. So we're talking about something that is out of the ordinary when it comes to what the real danger is. So danger posed is a part of this. Letter E, the fear, anxiety, or avoidance is persistent, typically lasting for six months or more. And criteria F, the fear, anxiety, or avoidance causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Finally, the last criteria is G, the disturbance is not better explained by the symptoms of another mental disorder, including fear, anxiety, and avoidance of situations associated with like panic and blah, blah, blah. It's basically ruling out other kinds of mental disorders. So, you're talking about a serious fear reaction. Now, stop and think about all the different contexts where you hear phobia tossed around where it is not really talking about fear, but talking about political or cultural differences. Does that really sound like fear to you, this kind of intense fear? Or is it simply being used in an inappropriate way? So don't do that, <laughs> okay? It's not appropriate. So if we look at what the other two phobias are, we're looking at social phobia, sometimes called social anxiety disorder. Basically, it's very similar to what a specific phobia is. However, it's really opened up into just the situations where a person is potentially uh, open to ridicule or humiliation, um, scrutinize, being scrutinized by others. Let me just uh, read the first couple of criteria. A, marked fear or anxiety about one or more social situations in which the individual is exposed to possible scrutiny by others. Examples include having a conversation, meeting with unfamiliar people, eating or drinking, you know, where they could be observed, or performing in front of others, such as giving a speech. Criteria B, the individual fears that he or she will act in a way or show anxiety symptoms that will be negatively evaluated. And C, the, situa the social situations almost always provoke fear or anxiety. There's several more criteria, but that's basically the gist. You're looking at social situations. The third type of anxiety, dis or, I'm sorry, of uh, phobia is called agoraphobia. And this is a very, you know, overwhelming one for people and it, and it affects them often in a lot of different areas. So here we're looking at, it's a marked fear or anxiety about two or more of the following five situations. So I'm going to read these five situations and they need to have at least two of them as a part of their phobic reaction. One, using public transportation such as automobiles, buses, trains, ships, or planes. Two, being in open spaces such as parking lots, marketplaces, or bridges. 
Three, being in enclosed places such as shops, theaters, cinemas. Four, standing in line or being in a crowd. And five, being outside of the home alone. So this is, you know, kind of when you look at agoraphobia, the literal translation is fear of the marketplace. And that kind of ties in. It's it's open spaces, it's closed spaces, it's places where uh, something could happen, escape might be difficult. Criteria B, the individual fears or avoids these situations because of thoughts that escape might be difficult or help might not be available in the event of developing panic-like symptoms or other incapacitating or embarrassing symptoms, such as fear of falling in the elderly or fear of incontinence. So there's three types of phobias, and uh, they can be very overwhelming. A lot of people, you know, endure them to the best of their ability, but there is hope. There is the ability to seek treatment for it, uh, which I'm going to just kind of segue into a brief little commercial. If, uh, if you go out to the Crossroads Innovative Trainings website, which is citrainings.com, you will see uh, a link to a webinar that I am going to be conducting on overcoming fears and phobias. It's a two-hour webinar that will cover a lot of the information and techniques that I use when doing uh, therapy for people with fears and phobias. Now, this webinar is not therapy. It's not counseling. It's education, but I'm teaching you things that you can apply in your own self-help process. Now, the webinar is not a free webinar. It is a paid one, and you can find out information on the prices when you go to the website. But what will happen is you get the two-hour uh, two webinar. There is a 30-page um, workbook that uh, you can download for and then use during the webinar. The webinar is going to be available for participants to watch over and over again as many times as they want for an entire year. So if you, you know, if you've if you're like me and you've been to trainings or seminars, you come home and it's like, gosh, I wish I could have watched that again or I wish I had an audio recording of it. Well, that's going to be uh, included in this webinar. So if if life happens and you can't quite you know, you, you'd have to take a break from your recovery and now you've forgotten some of the things, you're going to be able to watch it again. Then, something unique, one week after the webinar, I'm going to have a live telephone conference call for participants. They can call in and we can have direct conversation. They can ask questions. I can re-explain things in more detail if, if they would like. And then one week after that, so two weeks then after the webinar, I'm going to do the telephone conference call again live. So you get two conference calls that can help you get a good head start on your recovery from fears and phobias. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a counselor or a therapist, but you kind of struggle in this area, and I can relate to it because if I go back a few years ago, um, goodness, probably close to 15 years ago now, time keeps flying. Have you noticed that? Um, I really struggled with, with treating anxiety disorders in people. 
And so, you know, if that's where you're at, this webinar be, may be a, a really good thing for you also. And then you can use the different techniques that I have found to be very successful. So that's my little commercial for this. Um, so go out to the, to the website, uh, Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com and find the, uh, the link to that webinar. There's going to be a few different ones in a row. So pick the one that works best. Alrighty, well, that's all I've got for you today for this week's um, um, podcast of the I Hate Anxiety podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.